0: quarterback can feel a any drop. The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them. no one else. If we say it, then we meant it. That being said, this show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. We advise viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. You've been warned. If it's Thursday, it's I'm No Joe. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages to the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast, the show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Today, as in Not many days recently. Uh, We are starting this out solo dolo. Uh, Golf T actually just got a last minute emergency call. He will not be able to make it. Most likely, if he can, it will be in the tail end of the show. Um, I was trying to give the young gunner a chance to hurry up and get here because I know he closes a little bit later. On Thursday nights now but he is not here yet so we have got no choice but to roll on with the show Uh, luckily it is going to be a short show one way or another this evening Uh, we've only got the UFC pay-per-view in town to talk about really Uh, there is I mean to be fair there isn't a one championship card uh, at seven o'clock tomorrow morning which Probably no one watching and or listening to this is going to uh, be awake to tune into. Uh, there is also a LFA, excuse me, LFA card. I think that's A-N, either way. Uh, LFA has a card tomorrow night uh, at 8 p.m. Central Time, but there are not any real big names on that card that most folks would recognize. Um, that being said, We do still have the UFC uh, 266 card that we can talk about for this upcoming weekend. And as is the case, as long as I get the opportunity to remember, which I tend to do, uh, we are going to start this evening off with a little bit of a recap from last weekend before we get into the news and recent events and then inevitably this weekend's upcoming UFC card. So first and foremost here... um, just to save time beating around the fucking bush, um, the Bellator card sucked out loud. Um, none of the fights were, were terribly great with the exception of uh, the co-main event. Uh, Neiman looked like a fucking badass, absolutely beat the shit out of Lemonger. Um The main event was kind of meh. Um, technically speaking... Uh, Phil Davis outpointed um, outpointed Yoel Romero, but uh, he got a couple of good takedowns in, but nothing really impressive, nothing surprising. Uh, Yoel looked at 205 just kind of the same way that he looked at 185, just uh, a little puffier maybe, um, not really the, the greatest of cards or highlights. Uh, afterwards, Phil Davis said that he would happily volunteer to step into the, uh, the light heavyweight Grand Prix again uh i don't think that's gonna happen um i believe they said uh, julius and is going to step in instead so hopefully the light heavyweight grand prix gets a little more exciting because as of right now boy that (laughs) sucked um so that being said um we will kick back over to this last weekend's ufc card um not the greatest card in the world, but leaps and bounds better than that Bellator card. Um, I gotta say a little bit uh disappointed in the opening fight. Um credit where credit is due, regardless of how you feel about the person. Hannah Goldie secured that fucking submission very, very su- successfully. Um that being said she sucks dude she fucking sucks hannah goldie does not belong in the fucking ufc luckily for her uh neither does emily whitmeyer's defense so she was able to get around uh and get that submission locked in pretty quickly but emily Whitmire was beating the shit out of hannah goldie until she literally fucked up and gave hannah the submission opening which she jumped on so um and like I said, credit where credit is due. She got the submission, but she fucking sucks. And if Emily Whitmire had the slightest bit of fucking defense, she would have been on her way to fucking Bellator because that would have been her fucking contract. Uh, I still think they should fucking cut her and send her on to Bellator. She's not UFC fucking caliber, and it bothers me uh, more than it probably should that she is there considering who she trains with. And uh, uh, we'll just we'll leave it at that. Um, moving on to the next match of the evening. I I don't remember the last time we had a match with so many blatant fouls in it. Um, Lopez was lucky that um, his opponent, whose name I'm not even going to attempt to butcher right now, uh, just repeatedly kept fucking fouling over and over and over and grabbing the fence and grabbing the fence and grabbing the fence and grabbing the fence and grabbing the fence. And and... (sighs) even after they took a point, it was still legitimately close enough that they called it a draw. Dude lost a point for grabbing the cage and still managed to come out in a fucking draw. Another situation where this is not UFC caliber. Lopez can go right along with fucking Hannah Goldie. Um, both of them just fucking horrible performances. Horrible performances. Uh, and both of them technically on the winning side, even though the draw, but still. Uh, speaking of terrible performance, though, uh, poor Empa and I. Um, we all wanted to see him do fucking great things when he got signed and he's got such a fucking awesome name to say he seems like such a cool fucking person but again he got highlight reeled and he got highlight reeled by Carlston Harris who 99.9% 99.9% of all people watching and or listening this will have no idea who the fuck Carlson Harris is, and that's the appropriate answer to that situation because there's no reason someone as new, as fresh, as green as Carlson Harris should have been able to lay a fucking finger on gonna let alone knock him the fuck out in less than three minutes into the first round. But such is life. Uh, There are no guarantees in MMA. Uh, I think that is most likely Impa's run in the UFC coming to an end, um, unfortunately, which sucks because, again, he seems like a great fucking dude. But if you can't cut it, you can't cut it, period. Um, Moving on from that one, I will say uh, Aaron Blanchfield put on a goddamn masterclass against Sarah Alpar. Um comparatively speaking, not overall in general this was not the greatest performance ever, but compared to what Sarah Alpar brought to the octagon, Aaron Blanchfield looked like a fucking world breaker. Um she controlled the whole goddamn fight from start to fucking finish. So, um it did end up going to decision, but it was an easily easily determined unanimous decision 30-27 for Blanchfield. So, um, Good on her. Nice to see more of the ladies from Invicta making their way into the UFC. Uh, she has got several rematches from Invicta that she could run through in the UFC now. That could be very fun. going to be cool to see where she goes. Um, From there, we go to the next match. Um, Montel Jackson just kind of had his way start to finish with this fucking fight. And it just confirmed that despite the unfounded hype that both of them brought in for some fucking reason from the soup can series both of the bays both cheyenne and jp fucking suck period uh there is no credit where credit is due in this situation they both suck and they have proven it in the octagon on the microphone both Fuck them both, cut them both, send them back to the goddamn soup can series. This is another reason that I have said a million times and I will say a million more. The only thing the contender series should be used for is to determine who gets a place in the ultimate fighter house. Stop giving contracts to soup cans who don't fucking deserve it because they barely got past a fellow soup can because we end up with garbage like this clogging up the roster and wasting our fucking fight times. Fuck them, cut them both sentiment Bellator, bellatory is even willing to happen. uh that being said um you kind of gotta feel bad for Brandon jenkins after all the hype coming across from uh pfl <sighs> there there just wasn't a whole lot to to be impressed with though um, and I get that there is something that has to be said because Wang Zhu missed weight, and you know that's always a factor. That's always an asterisk in the the definition of that fight. But but Brendan Jenkins just didn't show up. So the I think it was a pound and a half or 1.25 pounds. It was close um, that he missed weight by was not nearly enough to give him the advantage that it appeared to have in the fight. Um, that was just a difference in skill level. So um, congrats to Rongju. you. Uh, hopefully he gets his weight shit straightened out. Um, Brandon Jenkins hopefully puts on a better performance next time. Cause being the new guy coming from another organization, you're not going to get a whole lot of chances to shit the bed right out of the fucking gate first one you can always blame on the bright lights and the bigger platform giving you a little bit of anxiety throwing you off your game but they're they're not going to give you a lot of those you're certainly not going to get three or four of those so hopefully we see that step up a little bit um oh yeah that reminded me um I don't understand who it was that made the decision to wait until this last weekend to do tribute videos. Hmm. Excuse me. For uh, Benavidez and Condit from them retiring. And why we got videos for Joseph Benavidez and Carlos Condit, but not the other most recent dozen big name fucking fighters. Like Jacare fucking Sosa, Anderson fucking Silva, you know, some of the legitimate legendary names of the sport. They retired or were forced to retire and did not get even so much as a goodbye publicly. Benavidez, who was never shit but a perennial fucking bridesmaid. And Mr. Megan O'Leavy got an entire tear-jerking four-and-a-half-minute fucking will-miss-you video. The Fuck out of here fuck out of here with that bullshit fuck all the way out of here with that bullshit honestly I would have rather seen him get knocked the fuck out in the ring again than to watch four minutes of them pretending that he was a fucking world beater in that little fucking I will remember you video that they put together that was some absolute bullshit that being said um, Raquel Pennington doesn't have it anymore um penny kanzad never fucking had it the two of them both showed what it looks like when neither one of you give a fuck about winning a fight they both look terrible cut of both at this point i i I get that rachel is probably excuse me raquel is probably spending more time helping tisha with her camps and her training than she is doing her own thing and that's cool but stop getting in the octagon if that's the case um much like uh i've said the same thing for a while now about nina and uh amanda uh it seems like nina spends more of her time helping amanda train than working on her own camp and that's cool but stop getting in the fucking octagon if that's the case um we are almost at that point with Alex Morono and James Krause as well, because they both have spent and are spending so much of their time coaching their students. They don't get a chance to work on their own skills and techniques, and it's starting to show in their fights. So they are both, in in my opinion at least, uh, approaching that tipping point of where you're gonna have to decide, are you gonna be a fighter or are you gonna be a coach? Because you're too deep in both, to maintain both at the level that they legitimately require to do professionally. So um, we'll see. Um, but in my opinion, they can fucking send both of these two right down the road with the fucking opening pair. So um, sucks, but it is what it is. Um, Chukui Rodriguez was meh. Uh, Joaquin Buckley, on the other hand, oh, my goodness. Uh, I was not sure if he was going to legitimately be the Joaquin Buckley we have seen recently or if he was going to be that scared Joaquin Buckley we saw against Kevin Holland early on. Uh, good news for us, the Joaquin Buckley that we have seen recently showed up and fucked Antonio Arroyo up very very thoroughly and it looks like we got a surprise guest how you doing sir what's going on man what's going on just doing a little bit of the recap here uh starting literally just starting in on the main card from this last weekend as well all right how's work
1: oh dude fucking not bad i just got paid 20 dollars an hour to wash dishes for the last two hours (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> I mean there are worse ways to have to go.
1: <laughs> There's worse way to make 40 bucks
0: right? No shit. oh so um props to fucking joaquin Buckley if he if he can keep his shit together like he has recently like he showed us this last weekend uh he's gonna be real fucking hard to deny. Uh, at this point, I, I genuinely do kind of want to see them run it back between him and Kevin Holland. We have seen that, that Kevin Holland, for all the great work that he did, uh, has plenty of holes in his own game as well. So I said it then, and I'm still saying it now. I think the reason that he got off on Joaquin Buckley in their first matchup the way that he did was because it was Buckley's debut. And short notice at that, and the bright lights had him full on fucking shook. And now that he has got his feet underneath him, that fucking highlight reel with Impa, that fucking highlight reel knockout he put on Antonio last weekend, he has got a couple of definitively fucking solid pieces of work underneath him. I, I think it's time you run him back. Howland made a fucking legit name for himself. He had a couple of good runs. Buckley has had a couple of fucking badass fights in a row. I think we run that one back and we see who really gets the better of it now that they've both gotten their feet wet and they're comfortable in the UFC. Um, Nate Manis is a fucking lunatic um, <laughs> he got flat out fucking dropped at the end of the first round might have had the greatest comeback story of the weekend beat the shit out of Gravely to drop him and win the goddamn fight in round two Um I was genuinely concerned whether he was going to be able to continue at the end of one, when he got fucking put down, he got flash knocked the fuck out and it took him a second to recover. And it looked like even after he had convinced the ref that he was good, he was still very much not good. So there was some question as to when they came out to start round two, if he was even going to be there, let alone be there enough to catch fucking gravely in return and fucking put gravely on his ass. Uh, but he sure the fuck did, uh, hats the fuck off to him, man. That skinny little lunatic came back and fucking whipped ass and took names. Um, I will say this. I don't know that any of us really had real high expectations from Christios Gagos Gagos, whatever, uh, coming into this last weekend. Um, But the bad part about when you shit the bed in your performance is if you do it against a guy who's been talking a lot of trash lately, you don't just lose. You actually build more undue hype on that guy's train. Um, Armand Sarukian, I will give credit where credit is due. He is a strong son of a bitch. The problem is he is sloppier than a $2 whore on Coupon Tuesday. Uh, It just looked fucking horrible. Um, Not to mention, you fucking moron, if you get a win and you get the microphone and you get a chance to make a call out, you don't call out a dude who's already booked in a fucking fight.
1: I mean, fucking case in point of unnecessary hype, fucking Shukashawn O'Malley.
0: Right? We'll get to that in a fucking minute. That motherfucker. That fucking clown. But Yeah, no. Dude legitimately got a fucking decent win and then turned around and got on the microphone and made himself look like a fucking idiot by calling out a guy who's already actively booked in a fucking fight.
1: Who do you call out? I can't remember. Dan Hooker. Dan, I was right. Who
0: should be arriving in Las Vegas, actually, uh, right about now, literally. And then we'll be up to make weight tomorrow morning.
1: So you call out Dan Hooker, who has a fight literally the next week. And then you're going to be on the fence, potentially going to get your fight, maybe. in five months.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, the, do you, do you, you can tell he didn't think yourself. this out because everybody in the world has been following the fucking visa troubles that Hooker had. Uh, so he said he was going to stay in Las Vegas till this week to make sure that he got that fight. But that doesn't make a fucking difference because once Dan Hooker is done with his fight this weekend, win or lose... He still has, what, another four weeks, five weeks he has to quarantine before he gets back home and actually goes to his home. Yeah. Then can start training again.
1: Yeah, so you're looking at four months before he's able to fight again.
0: Best case scenario. Four or five You're months. not going to get Dan Hooker to turn around for another six months or so. Yeah. On a fucking good day with the consulates playing fair and the fucking MMA gods are willing to send the contracts. Best case six months before we see him back in the octagon what the fuck are you doing calling that dude out and then saying you're going to stay in vegas for the next week to make sure shut up dude shut up fucking clown yeah do your fucking talking in the octagon with your fists don't try and talk shit it's not your strong suit
1: if you're going to call somebody out that has a fight go ahead like hey after his fight i want to take a shot at this guy right be is respectful is about it. Yeah, be respectful <laughs> yeah. about it. Because yeah. I mean Dan Hooker is a fucking name as a name of fucking names. If you can get that fight, Absolutely. win, loser, draw, that's a good fucking name under your resume. That's a good name on your belt. Regardless if you fucking lose, regardless if you win, that's a fucking name. That means a fucking savage. That's a warrior of fucking warriors. If there's if there if there ever was one inside the UFC, that's the fucking guy. So I mean I get the call out for Dan Hooker, but one, don't hang out in Las Vegas. There's no fucking point in that. That's stupid. That makes you look a dick. And call like make intelligent call outs. One, you just sidelined yourself for four, five, six months. Guaranteed. Off rip. If you didn't take a lot of damage, you could be a you could be a backup for a fight next month. Could have been. Depending on depending on the fucking state at the state athletic commissions, fucking uh, hold off on you on for you to go back to be clear, to go to your next fight, you could have a fight the next month, two months down the road, which is more money, more experience, another name under your belt. You just have to make a, an intelligent fucking call out, which isn't a thing anymore. That's been gone for fucking years. It seems.
0: Yeah, no, he got he got no suspension whatsoever from the commission.
1: Yeah, so he he could literally be a backup.
0: Nothing. So he could have been for a backup this, fight. this weekend fights. Yeah, for
1: this weekend, he could have been a backup for it.
0: He could have been the Nasrat-Hakparas backup because yeah. until yeah. yesterday, Nasrat-Hakparas still didn't have his fucking visa yet either, or until two days ago, I guess. Yeah. So he could have yeah, been a backup. there was there was fucking trouble on the other end of that as well. He could have been the backup. He could have almost gotten his fucking Dan Hooker fight if he'd have done that properly
1: if you're just like hey you know like whenever it happens i would like to take a shot at dan hooker you know he's a great fighter i think that'd be a great test for me and for my abilities and my skills i think that'd be a great test something like that something very respectful towards the person you want to fight i mean that's what the fucking that's what people want to see all he would have had
0: to say is i heard nasrat hot cross is having some trouble getting a visa If for some reason he isn't able to show up or that I'll stay in Vegas till next week. And I would like to offer my service as a replacement
1: or that. That'd be, that'd be great. That's a fucking businessman. That's a businessman. You're locked in.
0: You're good. Even if he does show up now, you're still fresh in everybody's mind because you did it nicely. You did it respectfully. You did did it in such an asshole.
1: (laughs) It was professional. You're professional about it. Right. Right. Professionality takes you in, in the combat industry fucking way, way. far fi- way farther <laughs> than like what it would for conor mcgregor look at cowboy Cerrone. that man was a company man any any fucking fight didn't matter if it was a week away or a month away something happens yeah sure i'll be there
0: oh cowboy he'll show up <laughs>
1: yeah i'll be there yeah when is it three weeks away cool I'll be there make way. Right.
0: oh my god that's so tasty <sighs> Uh, but from there, um, I got to say, uh, Mandy Boehm made a hell of a fucking impression in her debut, but they don't call Ariane Lipsky the queen of violence for no fucking reason. Uh, she came in elbows of fucking blazing and just fucking literally controlled that fight from the start to fucking finish. Um, Mandy didn't make it easy on her by any stretch of the imagination, and it was a hell of a fucking debut. Great first fucking showing uh, in front of the UFC fans. But uh, Lipski really seems like she has got her poop in a group these days, and it she's going to be a fucking problem in that, in that division real quick. Uh, as soon as they start giving her a little bit tougher competition, I feel, uh, give her a chance to really start to shine now, not throw her up at the fucking top. Don't jump the goddamn shark, but start to give her some legit competition now. Uh, I, I think she's going to be uh, another name that could fucking potentially be real fun to watch as she goes forward. Uh, she's a badass, man. She sure the fuck is. Um, I said it before. I'll say it again a million fucking times. Credit where credit is due. Uh, Anne Kutalaba looked much better this last weekend than he did the last time we saw him out there by that being being said devin clark ironically enough until round three when he literally had his front six fucking teeth pushed back in and almost got the fight stopped uh didn't give too much opposition it seemed like he really uh didn't start to really dig deep or give it, you know, some meaningful fucking oomph until they came back from that second round. And we saw that he literally had his fucking teeth broken at the fucking gum all the way along the front and pushed back in from one of the last big shots that Kutalaba had landed. Uh, And then when he decided, fuck it, it's surgery either way to quote him directly from his corner, Uh, He came out in round three and it seemed like really had a fucking hot pepper up his ass. Like he was on it. Now he really wanted to fucking go, but again, too fucking little, too fucking late. And he just wasn't on Kutalaba's level to begin with, which seems like a weird sentence to actually let come out of my mouth intentionally, but you know, so be it.
1: My favorite thing was post fight interviews of that fight. whenever, 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 kuntalaba sees the shot that broke his fucking teeth yeah and he was genuinely disgusted watching it it.
0: you saw him go ooh, and he said to his credit he said i don't like that that doesn't make me feel good i'm not here to hurt people permanently Not, and not at all completely redeeming, but it will take a a single notch off of his douchebag ladder I would say
1: and the, my only my only problem is who headlined who is the main card? Who's the main card of that Wayhardt that yeah. Smith didn't he get his fucking teeth knocked out? <laughs> I think that was a curse <laughs> I think that was a fucking curse.
0: Yeah, I, I, oh man, that that was that was a bad fight. Uh, no, Clark caught a single good fucking shot, and you see it fold the front of his mouth in. And then we turned out after the fact. Uh, he has posted updates since then. They were able to sew everything back together. Everything is pulled back into place the way that it was originally should have been. Um, he, he should be making a full should make a full recovery according to the doctors and everything. So. There is that, but um, I'm just we're in a weird just, position with Cutilaba now because where the fuck did we go with him? I'm just
1: surprised that they didn't fucking sew his shit shut.
0: I I thought they were gonna fucking wire his whole mouth shut as well. That, yeah, uh, put that together. I figured they were gonna fucking give him the full full zipper treatment. Give him the whole Liam McGeary. Uh No, they actually went in at the gum line and fucking bolted that shit together somehow and then stitched him all the fucking way back across in a big gooey pattern that he showed on Instagram And you guys can all look up if you want.
1: Like, fucking hats off to the medical industry for being able to make that happen. I, I saw that Sunday morning whenever I woke up and I thought he was going to have his mouth wired shut. Yeah. Because that was that was nasty. That was fucking bad. That wasn't That's an injury that I'm not okay with. Like, I've, I've, like, I'm okay with somebody destroying their leg because that's an easy fucking fix. That's a quick surgery and six months off and three months to get your leg back, back in strength to be able to start to train again. Something like that, you can't fucking eat right for a good fucking minute you have to eat everything out of a fucking straw because you have to wait for all of that to heal back up. And that's going to be a, a hot fucking minute. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But credit for being a tough motherfucker, man. Yeah. Credit for being a tough motherfucker. He's literally showed that shit to his coach, turned around, showed that to his dad and they went, you want to, what do you want to do? Do you want to call it? Cause that's pretty bad. He looked at his dad and went, surgery either way, fuck it, let's go. Exact words. I'm not paraphrasing. Those are his exact words. So there there is something to be said for being a bad motherfucker in that instance. So absolutely credit where credit is due there. Devin Clark is not a fucking bitch. I will give him that.
1: (laughs) That's the kind of man, just from seeing that, that's the kind of guy that will just go out on a shield if he fucking has to, if it calls for it. If he's it comes to that,
0: he's gonna, yeah, absolutely. No, props for being a tough motherfucker, but uh, yeah, as we saw in Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira, sometimes being a tough motherfucker ain't the fucking best thing either. So yeah, he he was almost there. He was real goddamn close to doing a fucking recreation of that shit. So better to be fucking better to get a little more training and not have to use your teeth literally to stop punches they would to be tough just, enough to do it and not matter.
1: <laughs> it was just so weird to me that a pretty gnarly injury to the mouth happened on Smith's card.
0: The lead up, yeah, the fight before Anthony fucking Smith's main event. Yeah.
1: That, that's just, that's just weird. That's Chris Weidman breaking his leg like Anderson Silva did in his fight?
0: Against the guy that Smith. just fought Anderson Silva? Yeah.
1: To Smith. That's yeah. that kind of fucking weird. Because how many significant fights has there been to where there's a serious injury to the mouth? Not that many. I'd tooth getting knocked out, one or two, sure, that happens. That's going to happen. But, like, getting your teeth knocked out to the point to where you have to take six months off, just to get just new fake so teeth. Shit,
0: yeah, so your shit can get put back together.
1: And then Clark's injury this past weekend. That's a bit weird.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Um, but I will say this. Anthony Smith went out Saturday night to make a statement. Statement fucking made. Um, It almost looked too fucking easy. How fucking ready he was to dispatch Ryan Spann. Almost effortlessly. Uh, Three minutes and 47 seconds is what they're calling the total finish time. But realistically, that fight was over in the first minute and a half. Um, credit to Ryan Span for showing up. Uh, we talked about this before the fight, though. Uh, when it came down came down to weigh in time, and they had to actually face off for the first time, and Ryan Span had to actually look at Anthony Smith after all that shit. That he'd been talking, and Anthony Smith walked right over to the point and looked him right in the fucking eyes. And Ryan Spann immediately looked down and away and would not even look at him for the whole face off. You could tell. He knew he bit off more than he could fucking chew. And he was going to have to try, but he knew. He knew. He had bitten off more than he could fucking chew, and it was too little, too late, because now the plate's down. That's yours, baby. That's your fucking meal. Hope you enjoy. Put the fucking bib on. It might get sloppy. Um, and sure the fuck enough, uh, he rocked him with a couple of really fucking clean shots. And when he started to wobble and started to try and get fucky. Uh, Smith was like, cool, I'll just choke you the fuck out instead then. And then after the fact, he got up and he's like, well, you were going to beat me here. Where's that? I hadn't done shit here. How does that look? Every, basically, everything Ryan Span had said up to the fight, Anthony Smith literally threw right back at him as soon as he beat his fucking ass. So he makes a 100% valid point. Uh, When Anthony Smith was fighting the, the legends, people will bitch that he was fighting nothing but old guys. Uh, they throw the new guys at him and people bitch that he's fighting people who aren't ranked high enough. Anthony Smith said it best. I don't pick the fucking fights. They send me a contract. I sign it and I show up. I don't give a fuck who's on the other side. They send me the paper. I sign it and I show up and I fight them and I fucking win. And if that's not enough, something's wrong with the system. It's got a valid point. He's got a 100% valid fucking point. Um, with John Jones out of the fucking division completely, out of the entire equation for the UFC at this point, really, um, the whole 205 division is a little different than it was when he made his title shot. And honestly, one way or another, I don't see Glover sticking around in the UFC too much longer. Whether he wins that belt and retires champion, or he loses and then retires, puts his gloves down in the fucking octagon after the fact and calls it a career. Uh, I don't see Glover having too many more fights in the UFC. Either way it goes. Realistically, that would be Anthony's path back to the the title. Uh, it, It would be the rematch with Glover. Specifically, if Glover loses to Jan, run that rematch back, and that puts Anthony right back in the conversation. But I I don't think that's going to be a possibility. I think win or lose, I think Glover's done after this this coming matchup, which, to be fair, he earned the right to do. He absolutely earned the right to do. But uh, I think realistically, as far as, like, McMaynard and Sean Shelby go, Smith's best path best – path, words lie. Best, best, best. best path <laughs> back to the title. That's a lot of –
1: Mike we do Tyson. this live, people. Mike Tyson
0: could never repeat that. <laughs> we do this
1: live. <laughs>
0: His best path back to the title would be through Glover Teixeira, and and I just don't see that happen. So, that being said, uh, we had another one of those moments where it felt like we were having such a good night, and then Dana pisses all over everybody at the end of it. Um, instead of. Like we did so good last week with the fucking fight of the night bonus, and then the two performance of the night bonuses like it's supposed to fucking be. Turn around a week later, and we got four performance of the night bonuses and no fucking fight of the night again. Um performance of the nights, Joaquin Buckley, of course. That fucking knockout was badass. Uh Manus, that fucking come from getting knocked out almost to knock him out was badass. Um Sarukian, I don't feel like he fucking deserves that at all. Uh, and then Anthony Smith, which you can't fucking deny Anthony Smith off of that fucking card. So um, there is that. Um, that being said, medical suspensions are have been released. There's pretty much uh, two categories. There is you are suspended until October 19th. Uh, no hard contact until then or there is you are suspended until March 18th or cleared by your doctor. Um obviously Devin Clark is on that March 18th list. Joaquin Buckley because of that gigantic hematoma on his fucking head on that fucking list as well. Um Penny Kanzad on that list. <laughs> Sneeze. On Thank that you. list as well. Uh wrongs you apparently broke his thumb or broke his hand so he's on that list as well and then Lopez who was lucky he didn't die <laughs> uh, he's on that list as well 18 or March 18th or cleared by the doctor ahead of time so where is that excuse me a second So that will bring us into our news and recent events segment here. Uh, Very, very light news week this week, ironically enough. Um, Really only two new fight announcements, but a couple of different uh, menageries going on. Uh, First and foremost, uh, Misha Tate is officially, well, I shouldn't say uh, not officially, the Misha Tate versus Caitlin Vieira fight is officially out of the main event spot for the October 16th card. Uh, Misha Tate got herself a uh, ticket to the show, uh, but is asymptomatic and has been through part of the quarantine process already. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be a light case and they are just going to reschedule that as a main event for another fight night further down the road, still trying to get it in before the end of the year. So... There is that but that there was a lot of that going around um this weekend we originally had um what the fuck is her name <laughs> it's it's i know it's oh and they actually did pull it off the fucking card already i think they did i'll be damned. uh i believe i believe it's pronounced manon Ferro. i believe uh versus Myra Bena silva Uh, They were originally going to fight this Saturday on 266, but Fero's entire team has tested positive. They have all got themselves a fucking ticket. So none of them are having hard symptoms as well. So as of right now, prospectively, should everyone get cleared again, that fight will be moved to take the place of the original Misha versus Catlin Vieira, which got moved off of that card because she also tested. So there's a weird musical chairs game going on with those two cards. We'll see how that plays out. Um, but in the vein of another fucking fight off, uh, Carl Roberson, who was supposed to fight this weekend at 266 as well, is officially out of his fight against uh, Brumbidge again, from weight cut issues, Uh, Carl Roberson missed uh, one. He missed weight in one of his last three fights and missed one of those fights altogether from missing weight and having a hard time making the weight cut. Um, In the video that he made on Instagram to tell people he was not going to be able to make this fight, he literally puked and talked about it being from having such a hard weight cut and him having to possibly change weight classes now because this is just too much on his body. Um, Nicholas Maximoff is going to step in on three days notice to replace him though so hats the fuck off to Nicholas Maximoff for being a badass and stepping up on a pay per view fucking three days notice. Um, again, in that same fucking vein, uh, Gabe Green is officially out of the October 23rd fight against Dwight Grant, undisclosed reasons, I'm using air quotes for those of you listening, as of reporting time for Gabe Green being out, but the good news is the fight has been saved, Francisco Trinaldo has agreed to step in on short notice to replace him. So Francisco Trinaldo versus Dwight Grant could be quite interesting. Um, We did get, like I said, two actual fight announcements this week. Um, The first one does not actually have a tentative date, just a dual party agreed upon last I saw. Um, We kind of mentioned it earlier, the douchebag himself, uh, shithead Sean O'Malley has verbally agreed to fight Brian Kelleher. Uh, They are prospectively aiming for the December 11th card contracts are not officially signed yet, but they have both tentatively agreed to the match and to the date. So it's basically just up to the UFC to send the contracts out. Um, To be fair, this might actually be the highest ranked opponent O'Malley has ever agreed to face until the UFC quote unquote renegotiates and gives him the money he feels he deserves. Uh, Honestly, uh, that's one fight where I 100% genuinely hope for a double KO because I don't want either of those fucking douche canoes to win. So we'll have to see. Um, But we did get one other actual fight announcement this week that is ironically just as not interesting as the first one was. Um, December 4th's card, the week before the December eleventh prospective shit show, they have announced another prospective shit show in the form of Brian Barbarina versus Matt Brown. Um, how Fuck Matt Brown, both, how both of those gentlemen are still on the UFC roster at this point, I genuinely do not understand. Matt Brown has not shown anything worth keeping and Brian Barberina is for all intents and purposes, the welterweight fucking, uh, the fuck was his name? Brain fart. Uh, Derek Brunson. He is the welterweight Derek Brunson for all intents and purposes. Uh, you use him as a stepping stone to show how good people could be. Uh, Matt Brown has basically gotten a good dose of that himself getting handed to him lately. So honestly, I'm, I'm a little confused as to how either one of them are still in the USC. I'm kind of hoping at this point, this is the loser gives loser leaves town match. Um, not that the winner of that match should deserve to stay either. Uh, just I think regardless of who it is, whoever loses that fight. Walking papers, send them down the fucking road
1: hashtag fuck mac brown (laughs) fuck you (laughs) immortal sucks pussy
0: (laughs) oh but uh speaking of sucks we have now officially gotten confirmation uh joe rogan is skipping his commentary duty for his second pay-per-view card in a row This time, this was not a for-scheduled, unmovable uh, comedy booking that he has had tickets sold for for a year. This is quite literally a hunting trip that came up a couple weeks ago with one of his buddies, and he said, yeah, fuck it, I'll just go and not do the UFC instead. So it very much seems like Rogan is over his commentary duty on the UFC side of things, because now it's like he's not even trying to make them anymore. It went from him being at every UFC event to only numbered pay-per-view events to only domestic pay-per-view events to now it's only pay-per-view events when he fucking feels like it because he schedules shit and doesn't try to reschedule. He schedules things knowing that he's got the date booked and just doesn't decide to go with it now. I kind of feel like Rogan's over his job with the UFC. I really do. And that sucks because for years, he has been the discernible voice for the UFC, he's quite literally part of the reason this podcast exists. But it seems to me like he is growing out of his spot as a commentator, and he doesn't really seem to have that much of a problem with it.
1: Like, I'm not, I'm not mad at it. Joe's a grown ass man, right? Like, do what you want to do. You already made a name for yourself. If you feel like you need to step away from UFC commentating for a little while, Paul I means, good do it if it's going to be forever do it you right. have you have a podcast that you have to fucking pay attention to you have a family you know you have shit that you want to do with your he life a company.
0: yeah he's on half it. on it yeah on it. he's half on it so you want to it's not like shit. he doesn't have other responsibilities
1: you I, to I totally shit. absolutely
0: get that but if you're out just be out
1: yeah like don't, I,
0: I don't keep honey dicking us dude
1: like I absolutely get it Like, if you have shit that you have to do and shit that you really want to do that you haven't been able to do, if you have a friend, like, even if it's a friend that lives on the other side of the U.S. that you haven't gone to see for the last over a year because of fucking quarantine, I fucking get that. I haven't been able to see some of my friends for a year plus now because of fucking this quarantine, and I fucking missed the fuck out of them. I want to go hang out with them. If that's the case, if it's somebody that you that you fucking love to death, if that's your if that's your fucking Joey Coco Diaz type situation to Joe and you haven't been able to see him for a year plus, I'm not fucking mad. If it's if it's uh oh fuck his name is right there. Bo, the Bo Hunter Ultra Marathon, his name is Yes. If it's Cam, fuck him or If it's Cam, him and Joe are close. If, yeah, if that was Cam, I would not be mad at it. They haven't been able to see each other, and Cam's been posting that he's the one to hang out with Joe. If, if this is something that
0: somebody called him Tuesday and was like, "Joe, we got an open spot for this extra hunt on Saturday. Are you down?" and he's like, "Fuck yeah," I wouldn't be mad if he would just come out and fucking yeah. say that.
1: If he was, if he would, if if he would nut up and be like, "Hey, this is one of my friends." That I haven't been able to see my
0: yeah, my buddy I haven't seen in a while called me and said he's got an opportunity and I haven't seen him in a year. I want to go spend time with my friend.
1: I'm to sorry, guys,
0: I'm gonna go spend time with my friend. I would have zero issue with that. You're a grown ass man, go spend time with your friend, but quit honey dicking us, quit saying, Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be at the next one. I'm gonna be at the next one. We're two in a row where you're not at the goddamn next one. We don't get Rogan on the regular fight nights anymore, which we've got every fucking weekend. Now we don't get him on the pay per views anymore. Either give us a fucking replacement or get your ass back to the fucking starting line where you're supposed to be, Rogan. Yeah. Either be in or be out, but this fucking tap dance and trying to play both sides bullshit doesn't fucking work, and it just makes you look like an asshole, really.
1: Or just or just be like, hey, let me get a month away. Let me get a month of not doing two what i Just say it. Just say it. Like be like,
0: you know what? I'm going to need a couple weeks. I got some shit coming up. I'll be back once that's over. We'll get back to the routine that we were used to.
1: And just but- n- and just schedule it out. So like every every three or four days, you're doing something that you really want to do and just set that shit up and knock that shit out. Yep. I wouldn't be mad at that.
0: No, not, not, at, not that at all at but- all.
1: You want to take you want you, you want to take care of, of a priority to you. Set that priority, but let everybody in the world know, hey, this is a priority to me. I want to see my friends. I want to go do this. I haven't been able to do it in a while because of X, Y, and Z. Just like let it be known of why of what you want to do. Just People say it make that.
0: us hear it from the fucking reporters.
1: Yeah, somebody, somebody that's a massive fan of you, like me, is going to respect that. I'm going to respect it regardless because I like I get you do a lot of fucking things. You have a lot right. of shit. You have a lot of shit going on. I'm not gonna fucking be mad. Even if you step away from, from UFC from being a commentator, I'm not gonna be mad at it. You're a grown-ass man. You want you wanna you wanna potentially do something else with on it and that needs more of your focus and more of your attention on certain days of the week that you have to fucking study up for shit that's going on in the UFC. I'm not gonna be mad at that.
0: Yep. I agree. So that will bring us to our Final piece of news that I've got for this week. Um, I can't say it's something completely shocking, but it's just a little bit aggravating. Um, What is potentially one of the final pieces of hypocrisy from the Nevada State Athletic Commission. Uh, Chris Bennett has officially been suspended by the Nevada State Athletic Commission for marijuana. In the post-fight sample, Uh, the reason that this is such an important story is that he was suspended by the Nevada State Athletic Commission for a substance that is legal in the state of Nevada. And two months earlier had been voted on by the Nevada State Athletic Commission and USADA. To no longer charge athletes with a violation if detected. And yet, two months after they had voted unanimously to no longer charge athletes with a suspension or a fine of any sort for testing positive for cannabis in their samples, Chris Bennett has been retroactively suspended until October 6th prospectively he will be the last athlete the nevada state athletic commission ever suspends for marijuana but the fact that he got suspended two months after they voted to no longer consider that an issue is a little bit fucking hypocrisy a little bit a little bit of hypocrisy there pretty sure i have more of an issue with it than chris does but that's probably because this is an issue that we on the show have been literally bitching about for three plus years now so the fact that they finally got their ass out of their head enough to vote and stop finding athletes for things that are legal for them to literally go buy at the fucking corner store and then to turn around and find them for it again, a little bit of bullshit. So that being said, uh, that is all I have got. Do you have anything else to add to the new segment here, sir? Uh,
1: I do not. I, I do want to answer my, I, I, I want to give my final answer for last week. But we can do that in a minute. Okay. Because yeah, we can do that in a minute.
0: Actually, uh, you can go ahead with uh. Your
1: my answer the, 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 your, the, your judgment the, here. The, the the okay. So my final question, the, the final question of last week was your question of um that Gable Stevenson with his with his thing with signing with WWE over UFC. Oh. You're a professional wrestler. You're an Olympic wrestler. You're going to go to the WWE. I don't have a problem with that. You know, you are, you're grown. You're in college. You're going to do what you want to do. I'm a professional MMA fighter. I was a wrestler in high school. I went to college. I wrestled in college as well. I was a fucking state champion. Fucking Florida State University. I also used some fucking Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu to get that Florida State fucking... to, to bring home Florida State, that fucking, that, that fucking all-state title. You better fucking believe it. I think you have half, instantly, boom, right there. You have half of the skills, half of the knowledge to be a fucking MMA fighter. You have 2% of the skill and knowledge to be a WWE fighter. Because WWE... That's politics. You have to yeah. fucking create an act. You have to create a fucking gimmick. You're not going to be Kurt Angle. That's already been done. Fucking fucking Mr. Olympia fucking walk out with two gold medals on your neck with a fucking American flag, fucking leotard. That's already been fucking done, dude. You have to come up with a goddamn gimmick that's come up with all that dumb bullshit. And you're, and you're literally in a company that's fucking dying because 80% of the roster in the last fucking five years has left because of dumb fucking decisions. You're a grown man. You make your own fucking decisions, but you done fucked up, son. Even if you came to me in college before I went to the military and gave me an opportunity to sign with the fucking UFC in the heyday with fucking murderers and killers every single fucking weekend on Spike TV, I would have fucking died to... I would have died to get the, the, the opportunity to fucking sign, sign for Dana White in fucking 20 in like 2012, 2013. I would have died for that opportunity. Because then again, wrestling and Brazilian jiu-jitsu, that was my fucking life. That was all I did. Went to college. I was a high school student because I had to do a fucking American government class and and for college to get my, to get a high school diploma. I was taking all my college classes. I had the opportunity to sign a UFC contract or WWE I'm taking the UFC. You have you have you have half of the game. Go to WWE WWE. You have to have a gimmick. You have to not break a character. You have to fill out fucking high flying fucking gymnastic shit that you're a fucking wrestler you can't do that your body won't let you you have to keep a game plan of two of like 200 events a fucking year you're getting paid good you're fighting for a dying company right i'm going to the ufc i'm very adamant on that i don't give a fuck if it was 10 years ago, UFC in its infancy, I still would have went to the UFC. Try making a thousand dollars a fucking
0: show. Yep. Still would have done it. And like I said last week, if you look at the crossover, because there is inevitably cross flow, uh, a couple Ronda Rhonda went over, did okay.
1: Look at two fighters that were WWE fighters transferred into MMA over to Bellator, and they didn't do that fucking bad. being, Bob, being the UFC like,
0: fighters like, can go to the, the world of wrestling and, and be alright, and have most of their gimmick laid out for them from their UFC career. It, it doesn't work when the stream goes the other way, though. It just doesn't.
1: The, the, the only two people that have done it and have been successful in, like, their skills be honestly appreciated from the fans. Fuck Brock Lesnar, yeah, gone. I'm looking at fucking Hager and Lashley because they actually had skill. They had talent. They were invested in well, what, and they were invested in what mixed martial arts was. They were invested in it. Both of them, both of them gone back. Uh, Jack is a dual contract. He is AEW and Bellator. So, yep, one of the very few. But you can, you can go the other way, kitty. Get out of here. You can, you can go the other way to where you're a W, you're, you're a wrestler and an MMA fighter all at the same time. But you just have to be intelligent with it and you can make a name for yourself. Just in combat sports, not just for wrestling, not just for MMA. I think he fucked up. I think he made a bad decision.
0: I agree. I agree with you completely.
1: So, and that's and that's what you said last week.
0: That's that's right. It's my hill. I'll stand on it. Goddamn it.
1: Then <laughs> you can see where I'm getting to on the final question, at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: Because I I completely agree with that final question. So also I like I like both of TJ's questions last week. Really like those. I I I did not get like I did not get home in time whatsoever to even watch the end of the fights or watch the end of the the, the show last week. Coming back on on, on the highway, there was a. Fucking big rig jackknife, five-car pile up on top of it. And we were stuck on the interstate for four and a half hours. That
0: sucks. That sucks a lot. Yeah.
1: <laughs> right next to us in the other lane was the other guy that left with us from work. So nice. we were hanging out, talking out the window. So
0: at least you had company, yeah.
1: <laughs> we were talking through the window. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that helps a little bit, I suppose. If you're gonna be stuck, at least be stuck with somebody you know, so you got company. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah We were talking through the fucking window. The the, the my passenger side, his driver's side window. We we're talking yeah. through the windows for like three yeah, hours. There you go. But uh, the for last week's show, um, the first question was the co-main event of Bellator and the UFC card. TJ went with Bellator. Bellator's co-main, and you also went with Bellator's co the Gracie fight. I had to pick TJ on that particular question. And then the second question was the main event of UFC and Bellator. TJ what did TJ pick I didn't write it down. Oh, TJ said fuck both of them. That's right. TJ said yeah. fuck both. <laughs> you went with the UFC fight, which I can agree with that. The The Smith fight brought way more draw to me than the Romero fight because that's horse meat versus two actual competitors that have to train and work out and bust ass for several weeks to be fight ready. The third question. I also went with you. I don't know why I didn't write the fourth and fifth question. The third and fourth question down. I wrote both of the other ones down.
0: That was yeah. Those are TJ's questions.
1: Yeah, I did. I don't know why I didn't write them down.
0: I didn't either. And I'm looking at my notes now, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's a big fucking scratch out because I had originally written out all the questions, and TJ said he had some, so I had him go with the second two. I know his second question was, was the dream matchup thing.
1: The dream matchup. On that, I had to go with TJ. And no drum roll needed because it's all fucking tied up. Two to two. And I kind of just fucking said on question five, making the new pitch champion motherfucking meter because fuck you for joining the WWE whenever you leave college.
0: It's kind of the way I look at it. Um, but in that same vein, uh, we are down one golf tee this week because he is quite literally stuck on the road not because of an accident but uh, waiting for an airplane so uh much like we did last week in your favor this week you and i are going to be answering questions and golf will have homework to do so in the vein in the spirit of the show here uh this will be the point where those of you listening are missing out your opportunity to see that sweet sweet gift That we run across the screen to let the folks at home know that this is the beginning of the pitch. The point in the show where we turn it into a friendly little back and forth competition, kind of like Whose Line Is It Anyway, where the rules are made up and the points don't matter. Um, We go through, we get a chance to talk about all the fun stuff for the weekend from our point of view, and we make it a little banterish back and forth. Um, Much like we did last weekend when RJ was not here to compete, uh, Golfy and I gave our answers and then let rj go through and go back and do his homework and review this week rj and i are doing just that for golfy here so in the vein in the spirit that we try to keep the pit running here the first question as we like to make it be the co-main event this weekend valentina shevchenko versus lauren murphy how do you think this plays out? Oh, Being the, uh, the, the new current residing champion here, uh, I will take this one first and, and give RJ a moment here. So fortunately for Lauren Murphy, she is a tough, tough gal. So she is not going to make this easy. Unfortunately for Lauren Murphy, she is facing Valentina Shevchenko, who, for all intents and purposes, is the best female combat sports athlete in the UFC, possibly on the entire planet. Uh, at 125, at 135, at 145, if she needs to be. So she's got the flexibility to go where she needs to go. She's got the skill set to take it wherever the fight needs to go. The problem is that Lauren Murphy has that unshakable confidence in herself. So she's not going to make it easy. She's going to get carried out on her shield because unfortunately for her, every other person going against Valentina has that same confidence in themselves until the bell rings. So Valentina, I'm saying by knockout round two.
1: Oh God. Um. (laughs) Uh, That's you, sir. You gave her a lot of credit there. Um, How many losses does Shevchenko have on her UFC record? Let me start that off. It's two against two. Amanda Nunes, two. Quite literally, the, the neck and neck competing against each other to literally be the greatest current female fighter in the UFC of all the weight classes. The only person that has Shevchenko's number is Amanda Nunes. She has wrecked everybody else in her fucking weight division. Murphy ah, doesn't have quite the strength of schedule there that Shevchenko does. Shevchenko has a hell of a fucking record. Murphy, 100%, has that go out on her shield fucking warrior, warrior S, sorry, warrior S style about her, which that's very fucking respectable. I tip my hat to those that have that in them, but God damn it, you're going up against an absolute fucking murderer of fucking Valentina the Bullet Shevchenko you are not walking the fuck away. I'm saying round one. You gave her a whole lot of fucking credit. Shevchenko has skills that far surpass that of Murphy. Whether it's fucking the will to survive or not, I don't think she comes out of round one.
0: Interesting. Interesting indeed. Well, and on that same note, in that same spirit, if you will, the way that we like to roll the show here for our follow-up round, round two, uh, how do you see our main event? The reason I named the show what it is, the pay-per-view that should have been the fight that we should have seen on the Ultimate Fighter finale how many weeks ago, but we finally got it here. Was like Alexander Volkanovski versus Brian Ortega.
1: It was like two or so, three weeks ago now.
0: Yeah, I think three weeks ago now. Yeah. All right. So, how do you see that main event playing out? I'll let you have this, this one first.
1: This is a tough one. Volkanovski is a tough son of a bitch, but Ortega is just a little bit fucking tougher. Man, watching him, watching his fight against Max he took a fucking beating and still kept the fuck still kept fucking trying that man has heart of heart if i've ever fucking seen it that man kept kept after it he knew he was getting his ass whooped, kept fucking going mma math says volkanovsky and if if you lay it out mma math volkanovsky beat uh I just said his name. Holloway. There we go. I fucking brain fart. Whoop. Holloway. Volkanovski beat Holloway. Holloway beat Ortega. So MMA math says Volkanovski wins. I'm going the exact opposite. I think Ortega's Ortega is going to pull something out because Ortega's a an interesting style fighter. He's can do some pretty weird shit at times as we saw with the Holloway fight. He has some pretty interesting techniques and I don't think Volkanovski is quite ready for the strange because he's very used to fighting the clear what they're going to do. Max Holloway, I'm going to punch the fuck out of you 400 times in one round. That's Max Holloway's MO. I don't think he has a game plan for Strange, unorthodox, unusual things that I have never seen before. I don't think Volk- Volkanovski can make a game plan for T City. I can't, I cannot call the fight. I think it's going to go f- way fucking late. Fourth, fifth round, maybe a decision. I think it's going to go late.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Uh, for the record, uh, golf, he agrees. Uh, Goffy has got hashtag and new Ortega, hashtag and still Valentina. But I, on the other hand, am playing the heel in this particular fight. Uh, much as I would love to say that I think Ortega is going to take this and he's going to take that fucking belt home, I genuinely do not think he stands a fucking chance. I get that he looked good in the Korean zombie fight. And I will admit, he did look pretty goddamn good in that Korean zombie fight. But the problem is, is it took him two and a half years of crying on his fucking pillow because Max beat the shit out of him so fucking bad. He had to have three surgeries afterwards before he could get in there to put on that Korean zombie fight. And the problem is, is that after that Korean zombie fight, he sat on the sidelines pouting like a little kid waiting for his fucking title shot for another 18 months before he was willing to get back in here and actually step up to take the strap from Volkanovski. Meanwhile, Volkanovski has stayed busy doing the goddamn thing, fighting the best of the best. And while yes, Ortega might be better than he was, he's still not better than Max was. And we have seen like it or not, Volkanovski got past Max, not once, but twice. All five rounds didn't require a doctor to jump in and save his fucking ass. So as much as I don't like it, Volkanovsky leaves Saturday night with the belt.
1: Fuck you, camera. <laughs> F- fuck you. Focus on my face. There we go. Technical difficulties, folks. We do this live. It's all right.
0: It's all right. They understand. So... Uh, Kind of in staying with a, a similar theme here for round three, uh, I would like to know the people's co main event, as it were, the 17 oh years in you. the making battle. What? Well, what happened? What? Wait.
1: Wait. I'm having technical difficulties. My audio just shut off. Do, 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 do. Oh, shit. What? Why? This is how it starts. Computer. Computer. Audio Computer. interface. Why must you do this?
0: I think he thinks he's in Star Trek.
1: I've been having problems with this for three weeks now. Randomly just shuts the fuck off. Do the old uh, VCR technique. Technique. Unplug it. Ah, oh, you son of a bitch.
0: Yeah. Yeah, quit breaking shit. <laughs> Why must you do this? doing it live folks in case you didn't notice we're doing it live (laughs) wait talk those of you listening rj is currently battling audio issues back
1: give me like apparently
0: rj is going to be back he is currently battling his audio issues
1: fuck you computer fuck you i'll be back in a second
0: So while RJ restarts his computer, apparently, or at least restarts Zoom, uh, what I was leaning out to, I will go ahead and finish explaining for you folks, and I'll repeat when he gets back. Uh, the third question for round three, we're going to be talking about the ridiculously long-awaited 17 years in the making rematch. Uh, one, Nick Diaz, coming back for the first time since 2015, taking on... Robbie,
2: ruthless Lawler.
0: Should RJ get back, we'll talk about it. Should he not get back, we've got a contingency plan for that as well. But we'll give him a minute here to see if he can get back.
2: Ooh, I know I'll be a real smart ass.
3: takes everything you've got taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot but wouldn't you like to get away sometimes you will
2: All right, we gave him contingency time. There he goes. He
0: made it back. I knew he'd make it. <laughs> He's pointing at something. Can you hear- Give him a hear- finger. Yeah.
1: I can't fucking hear you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fuck! Oh, kids these days.
1: Computer. Oh, you goddamn motherfucker!
0: I mean, I just have no audio tell, now. I'm not trying to tell him how to forfeit, but uh, that's an interesting way to do it. I mean, if you can't hang with the champ, why don't I have audio?
1: Doing this on the fly. This is live, people. It just fucking died for some reason.
0: Blaming the mixer.
1: Let me go to Zoom.
2: Everything's right on Zoom. It's coming through on my end on Zoom. OBS is picking it up through Zoom. Got to be his output. Got to quit breaking shit.
0: Either that or maybe he's in cahoots with Guphy trying to style buy him time so he can get in here.
1: It's not my output uh-huh output set a speaker yep, microphone, yep dude i'm not <laughs> I'm not stalling. <laughs> Uh i'm currently listening to you on youtube so
0: (laughs) oh jesus christ
1: (laughs) the second i put it to my audio interface the second i put it to my audio interface it just nope
0: What?
2: Getting real pissed off right now.
0: Have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? Kids these days, I tell you. That's why we can't have nice things.
1: Also, I have tried turning it off and turning it back on. I I did do that. That was literally step one before I left the first time. Nope. I'm about to say fuck it and let me listen to you on my phone. And just have a fucking forty-five second delay. I
0: was gonna say. That's definitely going to create a delay, but that's what we got to do. He's breaking shit over there. Can't even be nice and break shit at the beginning of the show when we got time for it. Made her talk. Stuff and
1: things. (laughs) I went to Zoom and hit test speaker and it works now.
0: (laughs) Kids Kids these days.
1: (gasps) I literally hit test speaker.
0: Apparently, it just needed to be tested then, apparently.
1: <laughs> what the fuck? I don't even know. I did everything. I went through all the settings on Zoom. I went to my computer audio settings. Like, that fucking matters because it doesn't matter on Zoom. Right. I did everything. All I had to do was hit test speaker. And it just died for some reason. It did it to me last night. I unplugged it and plugged it back in, and it worked again. Go figure. Task Tascam, figure shit out. Now I know what to do.
0: Right. Just test your fucking speakers.
1: Now I know what to do next time it happens. Right. So. That was three minutes of extra dumb shit.
0: Yeah. Moving back along. Round three. The people's co-main event. The rematch. 17 years. Literally. In the making. Nick Diaz versus Robbie Lawler. How the fuck is this fight going to play out?
1: I'm going to say this is an overhyped fight that I quite literally don't give a fuck about.
0: You'll get a chance to bitch about it. I'll take this one first, and then I'll give you your chance to complain. (laughs) So, first and foremost... Nick Diaz has not stepped foot in an octagon since 2015. He has literally not even been in an officially sanctioned fight in six years. In all of the lead up, you could tell he has not aged well. He has not kept his UFC status. He might have been doing triathlons and shit, but he wasn't winning triathlons. So, yes, he will still be in somewhat decent shape, but... I, I'm expecting a slightly faster Evandy, Evander Holyfield-esque performance from him. Uh, the problem is that Robbie Lawler on the other side has lost most of his last fight. He's one in three in his last four, and they haven't ended well to begin with. Uh, I love Robbie Lawler, and I would love to see him take this fight i just don't know if it's going to be the fight that everyone wants it to be i have a feeling this is going to be uh very much a middleweight now because nick couldn't make the fucking contracted welterweight fight a middleweight version of nganu versus lewis where neither one of them really have what they used to or what they thought they were going to to throw with so they just end up walking around in a circle and looking sad for 15 fucking or excuse me 25 minutes because for no fucking reason this is a five-round non-title fight that being said now you get to pitch <laughs> all right
1: so this quite literally is also going to be one of the overhyped fights because it's a five round non-title fight kind of like his brother just had coincidentally enough um This is stupid. This doesn't need to be a fucking thing. It's great to see the Diaz brothers back inside the UFC because they are the asterisks on what we've said on this podcast time and time again and what the industry has said time and time again. One, There's two brothers that fight. One has the talent. One doesn't. The Diaz brothers is the fucking exception because both of them, they have done shit that people fucking wish they could do. Case in point, the OG, the OG fucking Diaz Lawler won. It's Stockton motherfucker. On just waiting for Bruce to give the fucking fighter announcement. Stocked in motherfucker. Shit like that. That was the UFC. That's what the Diaz brothers was. They are in your fucking face. This is not in your fucking face. You have one that literally got fucked on a drug test, on a piss test, almost a fucking decade ago at this point. What seems like a fucking decade ago in the industry. A lot of things have fucking happened. This fight should have happened a year before he got hit and fucking the Band. This doesn't need to be a fucking thing. This doesn't need to happen. This doesn't need to be a five-round fight. I don't give a fuck. I think Lawler's going to fucking win it. Purely on strength of schedule, his training, because Diaz has made public he really hasn't been training MMA. He's been training ground game and some boxing from here, here and there, but mainly he's been doing triathlons and marathons and stuff like that, which is great for your fucking stamina great for your endurance i mean fuck look at look at the last fight paul felder had he i can't remember who the fuck he is it, it seems like a fucking year ago at this point he came in short notice training for a marathon and went all three rounds barely broke a fucking sweat I think Diaz is going to have that same that same style of endurance, that same style of stamina cuz training for marathons and the and shit like that that's fucking rough shit. I think he's going to have the stamina. I don't think he's going to have the confidence in a stand up. I don't think he's going to have fucking hands like he used to. I don't think he's going to have ground like he used to. Robbie Lawler's literally is just going to fucking show on a Diaz brother. 17 years too a fucking late. This doesn't need to happen. UFC, take take it off the fucking record. This is not a thing.
0: I will say, you, you got to give credit to the fact that in an interview today, when somebody asked him his thoughts about this, he said flat out, I don't know whose idea it was to make this fight. That's fucking stupid. This was a dumb fight to make. There's no reason we should have made this fight. But the contract signed, and here we are, so we're going to do it. Yeah. Even he acknowledged how fucking stupid it was to make this rematch. 17 years later.
1: And his 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 press conference was a day or two ago. Of um, I don't like fighting. I just do it because it gives me money. Yeah. Fucking hats off. Fucking hats off for keeping it real, dude. Hats the fuck off. Because you don't like fighting, but your name will go down in history of. MMA, not just the UFC, but the mixed martial arts industry in and of itself, your name will go down in fucking history and so will your brothers. The Diaz brothers will go down in fucking history for the one brother team that actually could wreck shit through a fucking industry, through one company, one promotion, for could time. wreck fucking shit.
0: Well, and in that vein, uh, our round four question is going to circle back around and capitalize off on that. So knowing that it has literally been six years since Nick Diaz stepped into the octagon, despite saying through various different venues almost every year since then that he's ready to get back in. He wants to get back in. He didn't. He did, however, sign up, and he's here to fight this weekend. But that leaves the big question to remain. What happens Sunday to Nick Diaz?
1: I think it's not going to fuck stay out.
0: Around? Does he stay around? No. Does he back on the shelf? What do we think? So, that's round four. You get this one first.
1: I think this is going to be one of those deals kind of like Anderson had towards the end of his career. To where, like, hey, I want to fight. Schedule me something. Or... Hop in and out kind of like fucking Randy Couture did like, hey, I want to get back in and show that the old dog still has a, what still has what it takes to bounce around and throw some fists with some of these new kids. I think it's going to be one of those situations. I don't think that fucking Diaz is going to be here and fight again next year. I think it's going to be once every couple of years to keep him relevant. Because he talked, he talked a lot of talk just to keep him fucking relevant over the last like two years. After his fucking USADA ban came up and passed, to where he can go back in, 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 into fighting on a professional fucking level, I think Diaz is gonna hop in, take like a year off, hop in, just to keep his name in, in, in everybody's mouth, just to keep his just keep the name
0: relevant. Interesting, interesting. So, uh, Nick Diaz, come Sunday, what do we think happens? Uh, Honestly, I, I think win, lose, or draw, I think regardless of how Sunday plays out, we're going exactly back to where we've been for the last six years with Nick Diaz. I think in another couple months, we'll hear him say that he feels great, that he's ready to get back in there, but I don't think we're going to see Nick Diaz again. I think at this point, He's been out for longer than even he realizes. And when he gets back in there this weekend and the cobwebs actually start to shake loose and the lights are on and they're in T-Mobile arena and there's 17,000 screaming lunatics there. And then he can't keep the pace that he used to. He can't lay down on the ground and pop back up. He can't put his hands down. He can't fucking throw his hands up. He can't be Nick Diaz anymore, but Robbie Lawler is still Robbie Lawler. I think we get nothing but talk from here on out. I think we'll hear that he's ready to get back in there, that he still feels good. he still got it, but I don't think we see Nick Diaz again. I think Saturday is the last time we see Nick Diaz actually step in the octagon and lace the gloves up one way or another. Win, lose, or draw. I think this is our final Nick Diaz spotting. So that being said, uh, That will bring us to our fifth and final round here. So for our fifth question, we generally tend to lean a little bit away from what we've been focusing on for the episode. So we've got a little bit outside the box question for round five here. So for round five, I would like to know who delivered the worst first pitch. Derek Lewis ground balling for the Astros opener or Connor McGregor trying to hit the bleachers behind the fucking catcher opening for the Cubs last week.
1: So who's taking this first
0: being as how I have champions prerogative here. uh, Unlike TJ, who allowed that to backfire in his face. I will take this question first here and set the example. (sighs) Okay, so, while I am openly willing to acknowledge that both of these very well-to-do gentlemen made complete and utter fucking fools of themselves and everyone in the UFC by their lack of the ability to throw a ball straight in front of them, I do have to say, the worst of the two comes from Derek Lewis while Connor McGregor absolutely threw it completely up and over the pitcher at least he got it to where the ball needed to go and further showing he had the ability to, sh- to throw straight forward Derek Lewis on the other hand while literally almost twice the size of Connor McGregor threw the ball in the dirt four feet in front of him Connor actually went over the catcher and bounced it off the wall behind him Derek could not throw the ball 10 feet. A 300 pound man couldn't get a fucking ball further away than his arm goes out. Physically, that shouldn't be possible. And yet somehow his balls was too hot to get out of his hand in time. (laughs) That being said, Your thoughts. Worst first pitch, R.J. Conor McGregor whinging it out for the Cubs for some reason or Derek Lewis dirt piling it for the Astros?
1: Now, I'm a big baseball fan. I used to play baseball in high school. So I know a little bit about this. I watched a lot of first pitches. Watched a lot, Jeb Bush, horrible arm. Those from those from Florida, Grady Judd, fuck you. He's Polk County sheriff's officer. Fuck you. I thought you liked that one. Uh, yeah, he's he's a horrible arm. Uh, the worst of the two. Um, quite literally broke the record of the previous last years ago. Worst first pitch ever. That of 50 Cent took the cake, in my personal opinion. Conor goddamn McGregor. Yeah, he got it there. But goddamn, that form was trash. Derek at least fucking tried. He had that form dialed in. He watched some fucking tape, but he he whiffed. That was a fucking whiff and a half. But he had the form down. Conor with that fucking arm like this, t Rex in that shit, off to the side? The fuck is that, man? I love baseball. I watch baseball. We don't fucking do that. Derek at least tried to get that form down, that high leg up, and that fucking position down for a pitcher. Man, he fucking tried his fucking best. Connor McGregor, next time you go out there and you try to do a first pitch, don't wear a fucking suit. That shit's too tight, especially with your fucking custom-tailored Irish mob suits, man. Fucking August McGregor. That's fucking mob shit right there. I'll tell you what. Dude, fucking go out there, shirt and a T-shirt. I've done a couple first pitches in Florida. Shirt and a T-shirt. That's all you need, man. You don't need to go out there, fucking 1940s Irish mob style. Just fucking, yeah, you got to go see the Don, man. Fucking get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Connor took the cake for that. For one, what he wore to do a first pitch. Right. And three, and two, The performance of his pitch—he overshot it, which that's a feet and a half in itself. That's a that's a good distance. I mean, I've never seen. I've
0: never,
1: I've never seen somebody overshoot
0: it. If you've ever seen a dude do a giant line and then try and throw a baseball, it's kind of understandable how Connor might have (laughs) overwinged.
1: (laughs) No, I'm from Polk County. I live. I played baseball in Polk County. You know, you, you know the two biggest exports in Polk County: cocaine and meth. Dude, I've seen a lot of motherfuckers take bumps off of bats and still fucking whiff harder than that. And they they get paid to play baseball. I think Connor took the fucking cake on that, quite literally, because the MLB has replaced 50 cents for his pitch to Conor McGregor's now the worst first pitch in the MLB history. So, I mean, that's yeah, saying something.
0: it was bad enough that even the Cubs didn't post it on their social media.
1: Oh, they did, but they made sure shit some fun of it.
0: Yeah. I was to say not until way after the fact it was sports center and everywhere else long before it was actually on the Cubs pages. <laughs>
1: yeah. There's going to be memes about it.
0: Yeah. No, that's Derek Lewis. That was, that was Derek,
1: Derek Lewis. I can, I can say he's got big hands. He can't get a good grip on that ball. He's got big fucking hands. You got big hands. You can't get a good grip because you're wrapping over to your fucking hand and you're pretty much throwing a knuckleball. And if you don't know how to throw like that, that shit's going straight the fuck down. Lewis got big hands. I've seen people fuck up with big hands before. That's why, that's, that's where I get, I give Lewis a benefit of the doubt. He's a big man. He's got big hands. You can't throw very well. If you do, you're throwing your fingertips.
0: Either way, very embarrassing on both counts, but.
1: 100%. That is all
0: all we have got for this particular episode here. So we are going to go ahead and call that a wrap for this one. Uh, Before we go ahead and get all the way on out of here. Uh, I would like to thank RJ for making the time to show up this evening. Uh, if at this point folks would like to know a little bit about your training regiment and what it is, an RJ do when you are not live, how can they get a hold of you after the show, sir?
1: You get a hold of me over there on Instagram at RJ official. You can uh, hit us up at the Discord channel. I wasn't here earlier to do- to throw in the opening promo. You can hit us up at the discord channel over here on YouTube. It's running down here at the bottom of the screen. The entire time we're broadcasting, throwing it out there. If you ever thought of what's this at the bottom of the screen, that's just rolling past. That's our discord channel. It's also down in the description down below for anybody that ever wants to check it out, become a member. It's also over at that anchor.fm. You can check it out through them as well. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of cool things in there. There is our news and recent events that doesn't get brought up during this show. Very unusual, very strange recent events, news of combat sports, not just UFC or Bella Tour. We go all across the board, the Ryzen, PFL, anything that's mainstream MMA gets brought up over there. If it's big news of recent events, you can also go over to our fan QA segment. Uh, drop questions for any of us in the panel, me, myself, meter, TJ, you can drop a question for fresh whenever he is back healthy and comes back to the show. You can, you can drop a question for him. Um, any of us on the panel singular or us, us as the panel in, in and of itself you can also go breaking news. Go over. And if you like, if you like getting fisted, folks, you can go over and check us out at OnlyFans forward slash I'm no joe. Breaking news right there. That's a that's hot. There's a lot of there's a lot of fists just flying everywhere over there, folks.
0: Thank you very much for your time, sir. So Uh, Like RJ mentioned, we do want to thank everybody for tuning in whether you were catching us here live on the replay or you were catching us over in the all audio format on anchor.fm slash I'm no Joe to pick up your podcast consumption platform of choice, or you are leaving a question for us to answer live on the air. Through our Discord channel, which runs along the bottom and down in the description as well, you can catch us on all social media platforms: Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Obviously, all at I'm No Joe. If you want to support the show and what we get up to around here, Patreon.com/slash I'm No Joe gives you access to the behind-the-scenes, the unaired, and frankly, the unairable YouTube not-friendly content that we put together. And like RJ mentioned, breaking news as of this evening. If you're into fisting, I'm No Joe is now officially on OnlyFans. OnlyFans.com slash I'm No Joe. Free subscription. We don't need your money. We're just here to entertain you. All episodes will be going live on OnlyFans once they are down, as well as some exclusive content, shall we say? But that's yeah. for a later bait to be discussed. Uh, We are going to call that all for this particular episode, though. So remember, folks, until next time, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything. Unless you really thought OnlyFans was going to keep porn banned.
4: Right now.